Hello and welcome back to Belonging. I am Erica Young. This is a podcast where we ask teachers and students to step back from their day-to-day and to reflect on their sense of belonging in the classroom and at school. Why are you smiling like that? (laughs) I don't know. Okay, so let's try this again. (laughs) You can't look at me. Welcome Welcome back to Belonging. This is my wife, Daphne. (laughs) Hi. Daphne is an educator. Daphne is... What else? How would you describe yourself? How can you not describe me? 13 years? I was just going to put out what you wanted out there. (laughs) Daphne is a singer. Daphne is one of the most compassionate people that I know. She is also one of the most most stubborn people I know. (laughs) Um, So Daphne and I, one of our favorite songs, Janelle Monae says, could you sing the, the part? What are the words? The words are... And we'll sail. Our love will sail. In this ark, the world could end. Outside our window, we'll search forever. And write our names in fire on each other's hearts. That's right. <laughs> I won't talk about the missed lyrics there, but... We'll... Oh, oh I, I mean, I asked for the words already no, it's okay. No, but our love will sail <laughs> in this arc. We'll find the world outside our window. The rest of the world is out there. And we're in here. And we're safe. And we're judgment-free. And we have been able to learn and grow. Because we are able to work in the same building down the hall from one another for like seven, eight years um, and ride to school with each other every day and spend almost every waking moment together. We have built a space where it is safe, but outside of our arc, not so safe. Right. So we worked in the same building for seven years. We actually taught two years right next door to one another. And we were sisters to everyone else. <laughs> we told everybody that we were sisters, almost everyone. So we told little to no one that we were in a relationship. But, but let's talk about how that came to be. Because we didn't go into the space saying, oh, yeah, we're going to tell everyone that we're sisters. But we, but what happened was that people noticed something was different about our relationship. And so that was the question that we got asked over and over and over again by adults, by children, parents. We didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they just wanted to know, well, wh- what is, I feel something different here. You could tell that they were just looking at us sideways like, but they can't be in this space like that, can they? Right. And so then I think sometimes people arrived at this conclusion for themselves. We taught at a school that like, it was a public school. But there were a lot of conservative parents there. And so we did that to stay safe, to keep our jobs. But um, we had a boss who came in very like, you know what? I think you should be able to be who you are and bring your whole self here. And she did this thing where she pushed to kind of everybody just be who you are. And I think that boss wanted us to do this thing like, yes, we are here and we're queer and and we teach your children right and we're in the same hallway or we're in the same school and we are supported by this school and i'm like oh my gosh that is great and i want that for everybody else but i don't personally i don't even want to start the smoke signal like Leave mm-hmm. me be. Mm-hmm. I've been doing fine all of this time. So they expect for us to be just loud and proud. But really, 
I'm just living my life and I happen to be in love with this person and I'm not trying to be your banner to show that you are accepting. So as my my co-captain, I have to give you a little insight into what we're doing today. Okay. Okay. So what we're doing is we're talking to three very different people who share a common thread. These are people who have the gall to live their truth. You ready? I'm so excited. All right, let's go. I'm Erica Young. And I'm Daphne Williams Young. And this is... Belonging. We want to try to do And This Is Belonging together? Okay, sure. All right. So, And, and this, this is belonging. belonging. That was cute. I know I love us. <laughs> How are you at eight? I don't even remember. That's how lost I was. <laughs> Not yeah. confident about anything, though, I can tell you that. My producer, Katie, has an eight-year-old child named Doodles. Doodles is non-binary. And it's something they think about a lot as a family. Over the summer, Katie and Bill, another one of our producers, we're outside at her house working on the podcast, and Doodles talked to Bill on mic about the subtle complexities of being non-binary at school. Do you go by he, him? I do go by he, him. Everyone I know basically goes by he, him. What pronouns do you go by? They, them. For me, it's more deep. I don't I think I'm a male or a female. Like, I don't believe in gender. I feel it really deeply. What, what do you want teachers to think about, or what do you want them to know? How do teachers really feel about the decision? Do they like it? Do, do they think, well, there's, there's like 22 kids in this class. How am I going to remember? Like, what? It's hard because some old people, they don't want to change. <sighs> Have you ever gotten a bad reaction? What do you mean a bad reaction? Mm, where someone's like, oh, please. Oh, they don't care about the pronouns. Oh. Ugh. It hasn't happened yet, but if it does, I'm going to get so mad. Like, it would just make me feel like they don't care about me. Why do you think it's important when you're at school to feel like people care about you? Because everyone's together in school, and you're in school for like the whole day, basically. So like, if, you, if you're gonna, if you're going to be like sitting with kids for the whole year... You, you should be able to feel good and comfortable with them, not them teasing you for who you feel like. I just want them to know how I feel. and like They don't need to feel that way, but they, they should at least understand how I feel and be able to use the right pronouns for me. Finish the sentence, okay? A teacher's job is to... Help the kids learn and have fun. And if they use the wrong pronouns... It's okay, but they should at least try. Please try. It's okay if you mess up a lot, but at least try. Can we just talk about how amazing Doodles is? Yeah. Like, to just hear anyone come at this very sensitive subject with the amount of empathy 
but yet clarity is amazing. They gave so much grace. Yeah. Two mistakes. Right, right. You got 22 kids. <laughs> right? Like, how are you going to remember? Really, what I got from it is condition your heart to be compassionate enough to consider me because I'm considering you. Mm-hmm. And that you may not understand this whole thing, but try because I have to be at school all day. That goes back to what we said. I need to feel safe. I need, I need to, to feel, feel like I belong here. That I know that if even if these kids don't get it, you're going to get it, teacher. You're going to have my back. The podcast is about uplifting the student voice. As a part of that, we wanted students to be involved in every step of the way. And one of these students was Harvey. Now, Harvey is mad talented. Plays multiple instruments. Very creative. But Javi also started talking to me about about their experience with, with gender and sexuality in school and what that's like. I saw something in Javi, and I wanted to know more. I don't have any set pronouns. Call me whatever you want, as long as it's not offensive. I'm a 10th grade student and a musician who is devoted to learning how emotion can be expressed. When you said, um, I don't have pronouns, call me what you want, just don't be as, uh, offensive. Can you explain that to me? How did you come to that spot in your life? A lot of people try to push you in a box, especially me being a mixed race. Um, I've never been anything enough to me, it feels like. I was never Hispanic enough. I was never black enough. I was never white enough, even though I'm not white. I was never gay enough. I was never anything enough. So I was like, fine, I'll just be me. So I decided I'm not going to be a girl. I'm not going to be a boy. I'm just going to be hobby. So that's why I present myself as with no pronouns, because I'm just myself. But a lot of people, I find, are afraid to ask questions. And I feel like that's one of the biggest issues. I feel like, yeah, we definitely have to ask the question, but we also have to know how to have a conversation about the difficult things. Because I feel like that's a big issue with people who don't understand. Um, Sort of, for me personally, gender and sexuality. For example, when people ask me how I identify, I say, I'm just Javi, I don't have pronouns. But if they ask me my sexuality, I'll say I'm a gay male. And um, a lot of people just automatically don't want to be racist. I find that people don't want to be racist. They don't want to be homophobic. So they're not willing to talk about how to not do that because they already think they're not. So creating an environment that's hard, especially when you're talking to, let's say, strangers on the internet, it, it takes patience. You have to learn how to not immediately throw all of your opinions at somebody. My mother is a native Colombian who is adopted by white Jewish people. And then my dad is Afro-Dominican. So, you know, especially in the gay community, there's a lot of stereotypes for what you should be doing, how you should look. And I don't fit a lot of those. And that makes me feel not gay enough. There's not an answer that my identity will change tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. But being comfortable with who you are, I think personally, is the first step to criticizing that and being open to sharing personal experiences involves understanding how those experiences made you you and that's what I did when I came out as gay and when I came out as someone without a gender I was confident in that those were things I knew so when I told people that and they asked questions and when I told people that because I was comfortable with it it didn't feel like I was getting attacked. And that's a thing that 
a lot of people sort of have a loose concept of understanding yourself. I feel like there are the very few teachers in my life who fully have a concept of themselves. And I find those are the teachers that it was real easy for me to talk to. The day I see teachers fully understand and embrace themselves for who they are and are confident in that and are willing to talk about that is the day I'll probably start crying in tears because I have met very few teachers who, one, talk about themselves, but two, are confident, truly confident in themselves in a way that is visible to students. I want to, Javi, but I'm not allowed to. I cannot be a human. I would love to be able to say my wife and I went to the park this weekend and had a great time, but I can't do that because then that invalidates the amazing teacher that I am. Uh, it You know, kids don't know that teachers filter who they are and who they bring to school because they fear the backlash of parents and admin and the loss of a job. Um and some things you shouldn't bring with you to work. For sure. But it would have been mad cute if we would have been able to be... Just us. It would have allowed us to bring so much more. I don't want Javi's statement to be lost. Definitely not. So, But what Javi is saying is people who are confident in who they are will transfer that energy, will teach students how to be the same. Yeah. Right? It's easier for them just by being. So I had a conversation with a teacher named Katie Blouse, and Katie has had the opportunity to teach in a space where she is queer and she doesn't have to hide it. Katie teaches at the Metropolitan Expeditionary Learning School. She teaches at Males. I am the advisor of the middle school and high school GSA, which for us stands for Gender and Sexuality Alliance. I think a lot of what happens for me, especially around, you know, being an out queer educator is I, I think about who I was as a student. I think about the resources I had and didn't have in middle school and high school, the ways in which it was harder for me to figure out who I was because there wasn't really a space to talk about it. I can't bring my whole self to the work that I do if I can't be open about all of my identities. And it's the same for kids, which is why having a space for kids to explore what they're thinking around gender and sexuality is so important. Because if you're coming to school and you don't have the opportunity to bring your whole self, then you're not in a place to really learn. For me, it's been educators who who set the standard by living in their truth that encourages me to be courageous, right? And, you know, when I was in the classroom, I aimed to do the same thing, but it could be so sticky because you're trying to figure out, well, am I crossing the line or am I going to get in trouble for being this open and this me? Because we still live in a day and age where people may become offended and, you know, that could mean your job. Mel's is a really progressive place. But I think a thing I've seen in our school's evolution, we opened 11 years ago, is that at the beginning, our community building focused a lot on sameness. 
it was about, you know, that group identity and unity around like, we are all students and staff at the same school and we are proud of our school. And, you know, it, we really highlighted the ways in which we had community through being in this space together and the ways in which we were similar. And the issue there is that we are not all the same. And so if you're only talking about sameness, then you are invisibilizing those differences that as you and I have been talking about are super important. I started by just like putting up some flyers and making some announcements in classes and just saying like, we're, you know, we're going to have this space. It's a thing we're starting. The middle school GSA has been around for about four years now. The first year it was me and one other student. There was one sixth grader who got their hands on one of the, like, it was an after-school club at the time. It has now shifted to being during the school day, but had gotten their hands on one of the permission slips that I put around. And we hung out after school every week for a year. You know, sometimes it looked like just kind of being in a room together and holding the space. Sometimes we chatted about whatever other interests this kid had. And sometimes we, you know, it was a student who was thinking pretty deeply about their gender identity. And so we also had meetings where we talked about different names they were thinking about using or talked about different pronouns. And it, you know, it grew from there. The more we held the space, the more kids joined and realized like, oh, this is a thing we can talk about. And this is a thing we can come together and build community around. Do you have any allies who are just a part of the group because they're allies? We do. And when we started, my fear was that it would become a space filled with allies and that, that folks who are straight would, would dominate the space. The world is set up for straight folks to have privilege and to take up space. And so it is important to create a space where queer and trans folks have space to talk and have space to be themselves and can take up as much space as they want because we can't in so many other spaces. And so, yeah, we have a fair number of kids over time who have joined as straight allies. And for many of those kids, that's how they joined and that is not how they currently identify. I think for some kids, they are drawn to that space because they are questioning a thing and they are not ready to declare or claim anything. And so what has shifted for me is my initial protectiveness around like, I don't want this to be a space with all allies who are going to like make it harder for queer folks to have a voice. I needed to check that in myself and step back and be like, look, if a kid joins saying that they are a straight ally, they want to be in this space and that's what's important. Okay, so this is the Metropolitan Expeditionary Learning School High School GSA, Gender and Sexuality Alliance. And we have a couple students here um, who are going to tell us what GSA means to them. GSA to me is like a very safe space that I can't like find anywhere else because there are like no other places where I can go and then I'm like, I know for a fact that I'm safe to express myself however I want. So it's like a very important place to me, especially since some students in like 
males in general can sometimes be very uh, homophobic or transphobic. And so to have that safe space to come to every week is a very big reassurance to me because it just kind of like cleanses my mind of all of that negativity. I wouldn't really call GSA or GSA more so of a gay family <laughs> because like I'm able to talk to them better than I'm able to talk to like my um, school friends or just like my family in general. Why did you guys join GSA to start with? Um, I mostly joined at first because I wanted to be more social with people and like make a bunch of new friends and I ended up finding I think a lot more about myself than I would have expected. Um, for me, I joined in 10th I, because I don't think I was aware there was a GSA space until like quarantine and then they like reintroduced all the clubs and I heard there was a GSA so I wanted to join. And I joined because like at the time, like over quarantine, I was realizing a lot about myself in terms of gender identity and like a romanticism a little bit. I was like kind of getting into a lot of I was so sure what my identity was, but like at that point I didn't really know anymore. So like having a safe space to like talk about that whenever I wanted to try out new labels or like try new pronouns and stuff like that uh, really helped me go through that uh, identity crisis. Mm. Thanks guys. Is there anything else you want to say about GSA? Gay. It, it's very gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little fruity. It's a little fruity in I'm here. always happy to be here. So I'm always able to like make fun of people, but like in a good way. For instance, your shorts. You're gay. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I'll be kind of concerned. About You're a little it. transgender. Why you gotta trans my gender like that? How rude! You trans your own gender. Okay, as always, we've devolved. Okay, gender stealer. <laughs> How have you seen your students grow? Oh, so much. Some kids, I just get to watch blossom into themselves. I don't even know how to quite explain what it is like to watch a kid who starts to fully and openly be themselves. But, you know, we have kids who go from sort of like head down clothing that's uh, you know you know when a kid is wearing sort of like masking clothing where they like they don't want to be seen they're trying to be as unnoticeable as possible to like fully themselves and like you know posture changes and mood changes and the way they engage with other people changes i've seen kids you know start like speaking up for themselves in class or bringing their perspective to class discussions, being able to say things like, you know, as a gay teenager or as a trans teenager, or they start to be able to, to just like really bring their truth and who they are to all the different spaces in our school. So that's it. Amazing. This is so inspiring and so exciting. I'm just proud of you. I'm proud of them. <laughs> you know, I found peace when I found you. I found a place where I could totally be myself. I know I'm blessed and I'm lucky in that way. But what I want most is for students who are different. 
I want them to be able to have a space to kind of find their own arc. Mm-hmm. Where they can be safe. Where they can be safe. And freely express yeah. exactly who they are mm-hmm. and know that they don't have to be boxed in. Right. As a teacher, you don't know what a student is bringing with them. Right. So you have to be ready to create that arc. Students will not learn if they feel unsafe. And teachers, don't be afraid to find an arc for yourself so that you know what it is to be a part of a place where you can totally be free. Thank you for co-piloting or co-captaining this ship with me. This is belonging. (laughs) (laughs) So what I'll say is that's it for today. I want to give a huge shout out to Doodles, Javi, Katie Blouse, and my wife. I also want to give a shout out to Bill Healy, Katie Schneider Gumaran, Rosa Gaia, and the man behind the music, Sean Brennan. I'm Erica Young, and this is Belonging. Okay, okay, sing the song. Our love will sail in this. I don't say. You want me to sing it to you? Our love will sail in this ark. The world could end outside our window. We'll search forever and write our names in fire on each other's hearts. (laughs) All right. Thank you for listening.